comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Welcome to the DC TV podcast, episode number three. And tonight I have a, a full array of, of interesting uh, people to talk to about Gotham episode number three and the premieres of both the Flash and the Arrow series on CW. Um, tonight, my personal rogues gallery consists of the uh, erudite Aaron Newarth. Hello. The uh, Out Now with Aaron A podcast, as well as the uh, Sleepy Hollow Ichapod Crane ca- uh, cast. Uh, from HHWLOD. Also on hand tonight, uh, my, my stalwart cohort companion here on the DCTV podcast, Rick Sheldon, a.k.a. Chub Toad. How are you tonight, sir? Doing fantastic. How are you, Jim? Oh, just dandy. A lot better than being tied to a weather balloon, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and and finally, the, the tycoon of podcasting, the, the Donald Trump of podcasting, the Vince McMahon of podcasting, Taylor Network of podcasts, of which there are too many for me to list right now because my hard drive... Couldn't hold that big of an audio file, Mr. Daryl Taylor. Daryl. Hello. Even though I couldn't get my mic to work, but that's a whole other subject. That's okay. Your voice has a whole Don Cornelius flavor with that iPad, so you're you're rocking it pretty well. <laughs> I try. Um, welcome to Soul You're Turner, rocking everybody. that like a vandal. I, I, I try. I try. <laughs> uh, as I said, tonight we'll be talking Gotham, Flash, and Arrow. Uh, as well as we have, we have some news along the DC TV lines and uh, just a quick stop in the animation station, as always. So let's start out with our Monday night offering this week. Uh, Gotham, uh, Season uh, 1, Episode 3, The Balloon Man. And uh, there's been a lot of uh, clamor and uh, mixed mixed thoughts and, and feelings and emotions about this episode. What did you guys think? I can start, I guess. Um, I've been... Uh... I've been writing about Gotham for the past couple of weeks. It's a show that I was excited to, to, to you know, to watch and to write about. And um, so, and up until the Balloon Man, I was actually fairly, I was very positive on it, which doesn't seem out of the ordinary, given that the reviews for Gotham were are all, you know, quite high, despite the kind of mixed level of internet reaction to the show. But the Balloon Man, not an episode I was a very big fan of. I feel like the show kind of let me down in terms of having me, you know, try to champion it, despite people like wanting to, you know, naysay the show. So. Yeah, I was I was a bit disappointed in this week's episode. Yeah, I have to I have to chime in with a, a full agreement on that. Um, you know, I I there's been some aspects of the show in the first two episodes that I felt were a little campy, and uh, you know, Daryl has also referred to him as Schumacher esque, and and it's 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 just they completely turned left this episode and went to the ridiculous with the balloon man. Um, I'm, you know, there's plenty of what 75 years of historical 
things that they could pull and inspiration from and uh, tying a guy to a weather balloon to kill him with freezing him in the atmosphere or whatever uh, is kind of ridiculous. With that said, there were some good moments for the series overall, for the overall story arc, the back and forth between Bullock and, and Gordon, uh, the Barbara stuff with Montoya and of course the penguin. I'm really enjoying everything we're getting with penguin. So, but this definitely was in my opinion, the worst of the three so far. Mr. Taylor. Uh, um, I enjoy it, but it did feel like the show has, it's been more Nolan so far than Schumacher, but it feels like this episode, somebody just said, we're going to go the Schumacher route and, and do the balloon thing. I mean, it, it even made me think of Dark Man. I, yeah, I got a Dark Man vibe too. Yeah, when he like ran away at one point, I was like, oh, I was like Dark oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> it's like it's, it's also the shadow too. If you guys, I'm, I'm sorry, shadow. And I'm wondering if that's what they. Thought. He looks like the shadow. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's what they thought we're trying to go for in the beginning. Like in the beginning of the script, maybe they were trying to say we can't use Batman, but we'll use some pulp, some pulp characters that inspire you know batman you know before batman came along and and, but it kind of went in execution it kind of went into the campy that's see that's i completely i agree with that because like the concept of balloon man (laughs) this is such a weird thing to say balloon man repeatedly but the concept of balloon man it and it works in the world of like a comic book i can see that like idea working of like an avenger that you know a dark avenger that's you know murdering people by tying them to balloons and lifting over to the sky it's just the show it doesn't get that right like the tone of it's all off in terms yeah. of how to handle a man being dragged into the air by a balloon which it could like it could be played more campy to make it more i, I don't know i don't i don't honestly i don't know i don't know how it would because i you know it's not my it's not my job to make this show but l- the way i saw a man like suddenly in the air with a balloon with his leg attached to a balloon it just looks silly and that you know that just doesn't help the show that's still trying to find its voice yeah. um the whole denouement with them like trying to put a vigilante out there to kind of get the idea into gordon's mind or into young bruce's mind that you know the difference between a vi- you know vigilantes and killers and and trying to make that whole point or whatever i agree with rich there are so many other characters they could have done that with and made that exact same point mm-hmm. and made that exact same impact on the overall story arc Without having to be as goofy as a balloon man, absolutely, I, I, I totally one hundred percent agree. My second problem with this episode, though, beyond the balloon man stuff, don't you think they're bringing Penguin back like way too soon? Yeah, I mean, I had I had a little bit of issue with that. What is the old saying? You know, we we can't we can't miss you if you don't go away. You know, what I mean? <laughs> it's right, like, right. Well, I thought we would get, but it's my. I mean, but you know, I'm putting in my own what I thought automatically, but I don't know where they're going to do with the show. But I kind of thought that they were going to have it that he would go to this other city and work his way up and then come back at the end of the season. Yeah. And and Jada's character is killed off and he finally gets the revenge on her character for shaming him pretty much. And then you see the penguin become, you know, he owns up to being the penguin. It'd be it'd be a little far to you know have him completely in a different city, but it just he seems like he's making himself very public. Like he's he's like clearly like out there. I mean, at the end of the episode, he goes to Gordon, which actually was I kind of liked because I didn't see that coming at all. So I'm intrigued where that goes from there. But right, it's, right. it's like last week he kidnapped some guy and was trying to get money. That's gone completely. We don't know what happened with that at all. And now we're just he's just back in Gotham. So like, well, like, she didn't believe him, so well, she knows she. I assume she he killed him. I I guess yeah. I, 
I, if anything, I just attribute that to. I mean, if I didn't get that, then that's the show's fault for something, not making me understand. Yeah, it was a poor cut, yeah. Yeah. Something I did notice, he was wearing that guy's sweater. Oh yeah, yeah. I got, he was wearing, like, he was wearing it when he bought like yeah. he was where he was wearing it when he killed the other guy in the car, like when he bought the the trailer, the camper, or whatever that he was living in, whatever. Like he took his clothes right away. <laughs> right. Well, some of his kills, like there was a second time he did a kill where he turned where the camera kind of pans off. Yeah, and I, it was probably too soon from the last time he killed somebody, and the camera panned off. It should have just been. I mean, I know it sounds kind of harsh, but it should have just been. You should have heard two shots. You know, like if you pan off from the from the trailer or whatever, you just should have heard the gun go off, and that's it. And that would have pretty much told you, told all of us, he killed that guy. Yeah, it just seemed more like there's some guy that he kidnapped what what's going to happen here like regardless like, <laughs> we're getting this is like last week um or even just minutia about this week but yeah penguins back that's something i guess but yeah he's like he's going to maroney now he's you know he's trying to work his way up somewhere else but he's just he's like right out there like mm-hmm. like but a guy literally sees him on the street and it's like hey you're the penguin like they like they know who he is like there's no mystery that he's back in a, in a bad position too already like his whole thing of getting that reputation so that he isn't attacked by other cops who are crooked is that they assumed he did it you know that was his safe that kind of kept him and his and his um him and his girlfriend safe by them thinking that they have a crime over their head so they won't tell yeah but now that you take that away it, it seems like like that's something i would think they would do in the mid-season and you'd have to you know worry how is jim going to get out of this and protect her and, and protect himself but to do this so early I'm really curious of where they're going to go in the mid-season. What was the uh, episode order number as far as um, how many did the – did they f- order a full season? Because I'm showing, like, when I look online, they've only got six in the can. Yeah, they they did order a full season, actually. There's a, I think it's like 18 or something is, like, the plan, yeah. They, like, no, Fox, Fox, is, Fox is really confident in this series. Like, they, they, they really Never, want this I, to happen. And I guess Netflix is very confident, too, for all the money they put into buying the rights to show it after its broadcast. So. Yeah. There's a lot of people banking on this show. And quick, it's hard. Quick. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to now do shows because there was a time where you can do some clunkers in the beginning and then... You know, you build the show up to for to, to get better, but now there's so much pressure to do it early. Like it's all you, you know, a lot of people want, you know, want the show to be established early on, and you don't have that time to keep an audience. Which is why I kind of I can't I, I Fox tends to kill stuff pretty quickly if you don't start really showing your cards anymore. I mean, look at like I mean, uh, almost human last season. That was a great show, and it was building to something I think that would have been very positive. But because they took so long in the unveiling of certain aspects of the story, they killed it, and that's a historical thing with Fox. And, well, see, you, you know, have to put that out the window now because this is you can't. This is a DC property, a Warner Brothers property, and for the most part, they've been making any kind of networks that have been buying these things pretty much have given them a full season, like up front. Like they're pretty much guaranteeing that they at least get a full season to see how they do. And I think this is one of the shows that that got the full season as well. I think the same thing with Constantine. And something else got a, uh, or at least a, enough episodes in. Like they're they're guaranteed a few 
uh, quite a few episodes in before they even get it. Even if the ratings are bad, they still get a guarantee of that or they have to pay them out. So I, I guess they get the leeway. I mean, they already made money back from Netflix, you know, from them buying True. it. True, yeah. So they kind of can, they kind of get the rope to hang themselves. I mean, it could get better or it can get worse. But they pretty much are going to get a chance to do whatever they're going to do. Yeah, regardless of the deals, for 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 the episode at hand, it just yeah, it just didn't work as well as I would have liked it to in a time in a time where the show you know needs to build an audience and needs to, it's still you know it's doing a lot of setup like it's it's establishing you know this growth this mob war thing that's happening and it's establishing the the more in the the Wayne murder plot and it's establishing the Jim Bullock. The, the the Gordon Bullock, uh, as I call him, Jimmy and the Bulls is how I refer to them. Jimmy <laughs> and the Bulls relationship. I mean, it's it's it has to do a lot, and it's unfortunate when an episode like this happens so early on, where you're just I, I hope it doesn't like lose a lot of people, and we don't get to you know really relish the opportunity to see a, a better show grow out of these early episodes. So I, I just hope it gets back on track. What I wish they what they would have done for this episode is get into Bullock's life a little bit. We need that really bad. <laughs> Because these two are going to bond eventually, and we need to see them. I would like to see Jim help Bullock through something so that they do have that bond, as opposed to Bullock just being grouchy and, you know, and just trying to tell him, you got to get with the program again. Like, we get it. We get the whole point of everyone is corrupt. Like, I I hope they don't continue to keep trying to bang that into our heads because we get it. They don't care. The politicians are corrupt. Everything is corrupt. We know that. But now peel back the, you know, the layers. All of these people are not just corrupt for nothing. Like, why are they this way? Oh, yeah, we, we need that. And sure. Yeah, surely the Bullock stuff is coming because we need more than just him, like, schmoozing his way with hookers and low lives to get the info he needs. And that whole that sandwich gag that was the, that or whatever he did when he like got a like something to eat. And he's like, no, I just want to get something to eat. That was the, it's funny, but it was so predictable. I just, yeah. it was like a mile away I saw that go. And it's, or, well, as soon as I saw the woman walking her dog, I knew exactly what was coming to you. Know? Yeah, you knew it was coming. There was some And that's where, that's where the balloon trope. man, that's where that stuff really, fit. like, it's because that's played for, like, an old woman with a dog got crushed by some guy. Like, uh-huh. like if you if you have, like, some, it does, yeah. That's... To be Jim to be that concerned about these kids from the other previous episodes and to feel like there's no one helping him and then to make a joke about this lady being pretty much murdered because of this vigilante it just threw it off it threw off the tone you know, like maybe well not to it, mention yeah you know they yeah they you know they threw off they threw science out the window because the earth actually turns and there was time passage between him going up and mm-hmm. falling on that lady, the odds of it being him falling back to Gotham, unless it's you know almost exactly twenty four hours or forty eight hours or whatever, yeah, it's not going to happen, you know. And uh, that's what I'm saying. Uh, with the superhero shows, you got to suspend disbelief a little bit, but they could at least you know try not to, uh, not just border on the ridiculous, but cross that line. Um, it, it continues and continues uh, through the entire episode. I just more and more disappointed and i well i'm just it was done you can tell that it's someone somebody in control of the show thought it would be funny and it's just it's not a scene that it it just shouldn't be that like it's right like this is not the show that you throw in a joke like that like that's if anything a criminal should have made that joke or something but it 
or even you I could see if you have it that she he gets caught up in wires or something and he dies that way. Well even last week I I, I enjoyed the villains of last week who were, you know, supposed to be you know, weird and quirky in their own way, but they're still deadly. I like that a lot more than, you know, the just kind of the... It, it didn't feel like it was breaking... It felt like a, an, a Batman the Animated Series episode last week, whereas this week just feels like it's all over the place in what he's trying to do. You have, like, the... You have the silly... You have the silly Balloon Man stuff, and then you have Gordon giving, like, Barbara a very dramatic speech about about the corruption in the city and how he wants to be the guy that can stop this kind of thing, which obviously we know is impossible because Batman will eventually exist because of corruption. So it's and like all over the place. And it's all, the, all the crooked cop stuff reminds me of the shield too. I feel like they've leaked over from mm-hmm. reruns of the shield and they should be pushed back. You know? And did it feel <laughs> like to anybody that it was a different writer and director for this episode than it was for the previous ones the directing the direction for sure and it was i mean, i could i could tell <laughs> but uh, yeah it, and it started out so promising because one of the things that i really i mean we're talking seconds in when the, he first goes up with the balloon to the first victim you know he looks just like professor pig which is one of the few things i liked after the new 52 yeah, that's what i was thinking they were going that route at first you know and and that all involved with the doll man and everything else in the book so i thought okay this is greatness you know we saw lazlo last week well now he gets offed by uh fish this week and this guy's not him but they tease us with i mean that looked like it stepped right out of the page of the comic book for professor pig and it turns out to be some schlub who's just mad well even with that if they had did it that he was even if they did it that he would do different things to each person like he would murder each person in a different way um like meticulous he planned everything to a t to take these guys out and he kind of like lost his way or something like that give him something like give him give him a good reason to feel that way as opposed to just feeling angry because of what happened with the kids in the orphanage like say he lost a child or Something like give me something to feel bad for him, and then link it to something or or whatever. But just to have it that he just it just didn't make any sense. It was like, and then I know that at the end they kind of want us to say they kind of want us to think when he tells Gordon that because of how Gotham is, they're going to be more like me. Yeah, he screams it to make sure we get it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, a vigilante. We understand a vigilante in Gotham. Yep. Uh huh. Exactly. Get it. Like, get it. Somebody should have just said, "Hold on, hold on, hold on," with this script. Wait, 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 something's not right. Like we get, we got. They could be, a, they could hmm? be a little more subtle with the direction of of where they're taking the characters and the and the character of the city of Gotham itself. Right. Um, but no, instead they're just force feeding it to us. And and I don't know. Maybe is is your wife still watching it, Jim? No. Okay, because you know I'd I'd still like to talk to somebody as I haven't that hasn't been a comic book or a Batman fan before just to see how they're taking it because maybe to someone who doesn't know a lot of this stuff it's okay but to me it's just like like Jim said we get it stop shoving I'd, it down our throats mm-hmm. can we get some I'd, smart writing I'd be surprised if people that you know are just casual fans of Batman didn't understand how clear they're making the allusions to various right. DC Gotham centric comic lore i mean i mean you have you have alfred and bruce wayne like hanging out and bruce wayne staring intensely at the tv saying he was bad because he killed people like it's just it's there and that's i mean that doesn't necessarily bother me it's just more of the i guess general approach which i expected the show to reference 
plenty of things in the Batman universe because the Fox. It's not you know it's not an FX series, not AMC series. It's a Fox series. It's a network television show. It has to appeal to a very large audience, and so it has to make things easier to register than certain other shows might do if they're on a different network or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, this one it does. It is hammering home the points quite a bit, and yeah, this is an episode that really didn't work because of how strong, how hard those points were hammered home. Let alone the silliness of Balloon Man. <laughs> yeah, I just Got- Gotham's first vigilante, the Balloon mm-hmm. Man. Definitely, <laughs> least, the hero, definitely the hero the city does not need. <laughs> I meant to read, like I really meant to to try to find um, talk of you know the show creators or whatever talking about the episode. I, I really want to read and see where their heads were at for this one because they seem to take. They very much wanted people to take the show very seriously. You know, they, they were talking like this wasn't going to be, you know, they don't think it's going to be a campy type of thing. This is this is more of a Nolan. We take it serious. We're going to get into the the heart of the characters. So it just it's just so weird that early. I could see if they mess up and do an episode like this, maybe five or six down the line because they're in a hurry. You know, there's sometimes you get a script, you got to get it done. Even if it seems like a clunker, you gotta you gotta get the show out on time. It it feels like I mean it feels like it's trying to be that serious thing, but just like from the '90s. Like every time I see one of these montage scenes with the music and everything, it just feels like some like old Law and Order episode or NYPD Blue episode where it's like it's slightly winking because it's supposed to be entertaining, but doesn't quite nail the exact tone it's going for. But yeah. yeah, when they did a lot of that, um, uh, you know, scrolling through the city thing, it reminded me not only of Nolan, but like you said, the the interstitials of a Law and Order episode. Mm-hmm. And joining us at the round table is the uh, one of the Godfathers from the Half Hour Wasted uh, podcast that started all this whole mess that we began, uh, the HHWLOD network, Mr. Frank Rincon. Hey team, how are you? Great to great to be here. Great to have you. Is is somebody dragging a Yeti across their floor? <laughs> yeah, uh, That's what it sounds hearing... like. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, I... No Yeti on this side. Okay, but, good. Uh... Good. Well, with the Ebola and everything in your neck of the woods, you know, <laughs> Ooh. I guess anything well, yeah. could be happening. Frank, do you want to weigh in on uh, the latest issue? Of... Or, latest issue. Do you want to weigh in on the latest episode of Gotham, uh, the Balloon Man? Yeah, you know. Um... It, uh, I did come in the, uh, in the middle of the conversation, but it did sound like uh, you were talking. Uh, someone had mentioned that this felt like an episode that maybe should have been down the road a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it uh, to me it, it 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 felt a little freak of the week. It felt a little. Uh, well, let me kind of try to think of the, of the right word here. It's it's like um, we need weird villains. But not too weird, but weird because we're going to be headed down this road of of vigilantes who wear costumes and stuff like that. So it it's almost like they were testing. Uh, the, the writers wanted wanted you to get a feel for for a, a bizarre vigilante out there, and he happens to use balloons. It it felt a little far fetched, I guess. <laughs> a little, yeah. <laughs> also, we didn't. I mean. We, we you met um I, I know uh, Rich uh, Chubb Toad you you mentioned that the the kind of the science being thrown out the window even even beyond just that Jim and 
Jimmy and the Bulls. Apparently, they just don't know how balloons work. Apparently, they just apparently figured they would fly forever. Like that's, <laughs> that's the that's the walk so, away I had. Tell us how it works, Einstein. Yeah, he has that line in the in the when they're questioning the balloon guy, yeah. the guy who stole them. You know the uh, the the second guy that got lifted up, the crooked cop. You know, they kept I kept waiting for him to shoot the balloon. You have a gun, yeah, right? Have... Right. Yeah, he just kind of gave up. He's like, oh, but I guess I'm dead now. Like, that's like, that was his reaction. <laughs> He's like a corrupt cop. He probably has like four guns on him. Like, what's he doing? Well, I, yeah. well, he probably would have more than one, but I thought we saw, I'd have to go back and look at it again, but I thought that his gun went to the ground, to the street in the struggle with Cobblepot. That's what I figured the logic of the episode is, but at the same time, that's not what I that's that's not how I looked at it like from my perspective. I think the episode is trying to say that, but it just wasn't it wasn't working in my eyes in terms of doing it. But for sure he would have handcuff keys. Yeah, and he just was handcuffed. <laughs> or just anything. I mean, I think he's he's probably a resourceful person that could figure out how to eliminate this problem that he has of being Grab a killed by flagpole. <laughs> Help, I'm yeah. slowly rising. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, no. Fun, th- fun thing about this whole thing. Uh, we talked about the shadow earlier. The bad guy, the balloon man's name, his last name is Lamond, and the corrupt cop's name is Cranston. Mm. They have Lamond Cranston, which is the shadow, of course. Right, well, that, I guess... Oh, really that's boom. Well, and the balloon man, that name is also, in the comics, is one of the metal men. So they, wow. they, they're pulling a lot of different stuff, so... You know, we, we, I thought he was Professor Pig, then he's the Balloon Man, now he's also his real name matches a Metal Man. Make up your mind, Gotham, please. <laughs> so I guess we're all in agreement that the Balloon Man was kind of a disappointment. I know a lot of people in the um, the Facebook group thought so, too. Uh, Patrick, Tony, and by the way, uh, we have a, a, a Facebook group, DCTV Podcast. Please join it. Uh, it's an open group, and we uh, are discussing all the DC shows that are coming out as they're coming out. Uh, also, you can get links there to Aaron's reviews of Gotham for the young folks um, on theyoungfolks.com. Uh, so you definitely want to check that out. Uh, Patrick Tony wrote in on the on the group about this episode. It was an okay episode, but this is where I'm going to get off of Gotham. I think the acting and writing are fine. Going into this show, I was not interested in the Jim Gordon story story, but I decided to give it a try anyway. Uh, every time I see Bruce Wayne, I'm reminded of the story I want to see. If this was a Batman origin story with the conceit of him becoming Batman by the end of the season uh, one, I would be I will be interested. If this was a Batman and Robin story, I would definitely be on board. A Jim Gordon story peppered with the beginnings of Batman's rogues gallery doesn't interest me. What makes Batman's rogues interesting to me is their interaction with Batman. Take Batman out of the picture, and I don't care. Okay, I mean, that's and that's a that's a fair cop. I mean, you know, they're trying basically to do a Batman show without Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, and ostensibly, you know, showcasing the city, which, um, you know, is going to be in the same state of corruption when Batman takes over as now. I mean, so they have to pretty much, you know, keep the status quo no matter what Gordon does, you know, in, in resistance. to. Well, I, I actually, I mean, I agree with what he's saying, but the on the other hand, I find it interesting, you know, for them to go into um a prequel so to speak or uh, before everything went down and 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 help develop those characters give them more dimension than what we got mm-hmm. in the comic books but unfortunately they had they have missed the mark 
on that so far. And not to mention, I mean, now they've introduced the Jar Jar Binks as the villain of the week for this prequel. And now, you know, hey. I'm done. I'm hey, done hey, with hey. I think that's a little bit. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, hey, hey. I think that's a little strong, man. That's a little strong. And besides, this is not marked as an explicit podcast on iTunes. So, you know. Oh, yeah. Cool yeah. with the Jar Jar. I think that's a little, little, little. <laughs> you know, by the third episode, I'll be whipping out Jar Jar comparisons. I think that's a little, a little oh, premature. No. <laughs> Put your Jar Jar back in your pants. But you know the thing? <laughs> I, I didn't dislike this enough to make me not enjoy any of it. Like, there were scenes that I still enjoyed, like uh, Alfred and, and Bruce. When Alfred is trying to get Bruce to kind of lighten up a little bit, what and they're doing thing? the sword fight. Yeah. That's a good scene. Yeah. It worked for yeah, me. I, like it totally yeah. worked for me. Um, just seeing Bruce, like I see, I don't want to see a whole show of just Bruce trying to prepare himself to be who we know he's going to be. But having it peppered in, in between Gordon and Bullock and stuff doing their thing, I can I can deal with that. Like I, I wouldn't want it to just be that. Well, I want the narrative for I want the narrative for the city and the police department to be strong enough that they could go a week without showing Bruce. That's like that's like something I'm looking I'm looking forward to. Hopefully, maybe sometimes even two or three episodes is a stretch. That's one of the things that made Walking Dead good last season was when they split up and there were episodes where we weren't focused on certain characters. And you know, I'd like to see that with Gotham, not constantly have eight different storylines going at the same time. I think I mean this all comes with the fact that it is the third episode of the show. I mean there's still there's there's they still they still have to set up things. And so it can it can certainly break off into having more disparate episodes where you have just, you know, the Bullock episode and you have just, you know, the the Pank the Oswald Couplepot episode and not have to focus on so many things but have more of a, you know, an A plot B plot type thing as opposed to A B C D, which is what the show's trying to do, <laughs> which is obviously, you know, caused issues with people, but I'd like to think that it will get there, I guess. I, I saw an article today which, which uh, proposed a really, someone in the comments section proposed a great what if. And, uh, you know, whether this idea could have ever gotten off the ground, I don't know. But it sounds like it has potential to me. And that is to uh, do Gotham in a world where Bruce Wayne had actually died. And, and, you, and you now have a world where there is no Batman. And just, you know, that's a dark idea because it, it, crime yeah, would just yeah. be, I mean, Gotham is dark to begin with, but a world without Batman, wow, that would be, that would be Detroit. <laughs> it, it, it keeps things from being inevitable. It keeps things from being inevitable because you won't have, you, if Batman never existed, or, you know, Bruce Wayne died, whatever, you wouldn't have preconceived notions of where the series is headed. Like you wouldn't be, it wouldn't be on your mind thinking, does none of this really matters because you know Batman's going to come and you know do his own thing in the city eventually. Not saying that the show doesn't have its own ideas of how to approach that you know the that inherent issue that it faces, but having an alternate universe that is interesting. That's a neat idea. Yeah, uh, when I read that, that really piqued my interest. I I don't know if uh, that may be too big of an idea or too different of an idea for for a network to pick up on. But uh, that I sounds like a miniseries. Yeah, doesn't it? That sounds like something. They, yeah, maybe something like it'd be like Red Sun type thing. Where yeah, like back it. when DC did Elseworlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the nail. If oh, you guys yeah. remember the nail. Yeah, yeah, they, they did, did two parts of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kingdom Come was an Elseworlds, you know. I mean, 
Well, they kind of did it in Flashpoint, you know, with the other side where uh, Bruce was actually killed and the and his parents lived. And yeah. I mean, but Thomas Wayne still became Batman eventually, but it definitely was a darker, grittier Gotham in that instance. Oh, I would love to see it. I would love to see that. Well, here's another uh, concept. Like we um we talked about this on actually on the Ichabod Crane cast. We have a segment called Gotham Corner now because we just like, want to reference Gotham <laughs> some way. Uh, people people think the listeners like it, so we're keeping doing it. But um uh my co-host Maxwell he brought up the idea of what if the show and this is what I thought it was going to be initially actually of what if what if the show was set with the Waynes like alive like and you get a you get a, a whole season with them not having been killed like the season ends on them being killed and Bruce Wayne you know seeing that happen and you can maybe see I don't something like the city descending into corruption and you can see how it gets to a certain point and have it move in that way that's a that's a brilliant idea brilliant yeah when when they first started talking about the show back when that's the idea that I had that's what I thought they were talking about doing was having the Waynes around for a while right, and right. then kill them off. Cause we've never seen the Waynes really. I mean, besides like various, like, you know, uh, episode or, you know, comic arcs or whatnot, you, you don't really know the Waynes very much. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, you, you get an idea of who they are, but yeah. Yeah. And, and, and give each of those characters, uh, Wayne's parent, uh, Bruce Wayne's parents, a, a, a dark backstory that comes back to haunt them that, um, they unwittingly, you know, they unwittingly do something that that causes Gotham to go down uh, a spiral, and yeah, that's they, why Batman well, has to exist. They did an Earth Two story with them being that they were kind of dark, like it, it, they kind of had a partying past, and they kind of did things that were morally uh, kind of eh, until Martha got, I mean, until she got pregnant, and then that's when they decided to change their lives for the better. But it was kind of too late, and then tragically, they were murdered. And they did I'm, kind I'm, of do I'm, a good story. Uh, hmm? I, I did enjoy this this last episode of Gotham. It, uh, I'm not off of it yet. I'm, I'll still watch it. I think it, I think it has a lot of potential. Eh, you know, it, there's worse TV shows out there. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It'll, it'll take me a lot more to to get off, to get me completely off a show about Jim Gordon. Like I haven't mentioned this on the show. Jim Jim Gordon next to Batman's my favorite character in the Batman universe. So like the idea of having an entire show based around him excites me. I just want the show to be better. He's the narrator. He's the narrator of my absolute favorite Batman story of all time, uh, Batman Year One. There you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And I've stayed with shows that have been worse. Like as a Star Trek <laughs> oh, fan. Oh yeah. As a Star Trek <laughs> fan alone. I mean, we went through a lot of bad seasons. Well, yeah. <laughs> if you've ever listened to Nothing's On, you know that's right about Daryl, man. He'll, he'll stick with the show. He will. He really will. I will fight through it. And I've been rewarded because I swear, I mean, I don't want to compare nothing, but I, I Mar- uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the show I'm really digging now. Like, I gave I gave it time, and it, it got better. Uh, yeah, I, I did that roller coaster with, with S.H.I.E.L.D. I started strong, got bored with it. And then didn't come on till the till the last part of it, and uh, totally hooked now. Totally hooked. It's a tough road to have to like recommend a show that you can you say just stick with it. That's such a hard like phrase to, to like kind of have to deal with. But that's where we are, and it's a little weird that Agents of Shield needed an entire movie to make that show better, but it is better. So I mean, it's hard to complain at the same time. That's true. Well, and there have been a lot of genre shows that, you know, have started out very, very rocky. Like you mentioned about Star Trek. I'm one of the biggest Star Trek fans I know. And 
I, I, I remember back first season when the, the oil spill came to life and killed Tasha Yar. I was about yep. done at that point. I was there. And, <laughs> and, uh, I stayed through it all. But I stuck through it, and by the second season, midway through the second season, it paid off. And then, and then you know, and then we had Locutus, and everything else happened, and that was greatness. Mm-hmm. And same thing like with Buffy. That first half season that they did was just yeah. mm-hmm. freak of the week, boring. You know, it, it was just silly and then it, not that Whedon didn't keep some silliness in it but he got smarter with it later on so you know I don't, I don't know the the resume offhand of the showrunners and creators for Gotham but you know do they have a good track record or um yeah Br- Bruno the series creator Bruno Heller is responsible for the series uh, Rome which I love on it was on HBO Rome was fantastic yeah and he also he's also the creator of The Mentalist which I don't watch The Mentalist, but I mean, it's been on for seven seasons, so people seem to like it. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's, I, yeah, I don't watch it either, but that's been a show that uh, fans have stuck with. And, the and other, they've totally changed their show. And the other creative oh. pillar is Danny Cannon, who directed the Stallone Judge Dredd movies. So there you go. Yeah, one of the pinnacles of superhero <laughs> filmmaking. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's all strong cards, which, really. Which, like, I, which all, I did all... a commentary track with with Aaron on his podcast yeah. out now. <laughs> Um, but uh, Aaron, thanks for joining us tonight. I know you got a jet and you have a lot of important uh, things to do. And uh, thanks for joining us tonight on the show. Really appreciate it. Um, oh, yeah, as I said, you can catch the links to uh, his reviews of the Gotham episodes uh, on the DCTV podcast group. Uh, that's on the youngfolks.com, right? Yeah, I appreciate you posting those, Jim, for me. And uh, yeah, you can uh, you can read those reviews there. You can follow me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. And I'm on the podcast out now with Aaron and Abe, also on the HHWLD podcast network. And um, just because I know you guys are going to get to The Flash next, I'll just say, I had a lot of fun. I really like The Flash. I'm looking forward to, to, to checking, you know, watching it weekly. So Sweet. But yeah. Flash Pod, uh, podcast, too. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah, yep. Pod Cranecast about Sleepy Hollow. That's a lot of fun to do. <laughs> so, it's a fun show, a it's a fun show started, man. A, a podcast that started because we're like, we need to talk about this. And now it's become <laughs> a thing that we do every week. So. She's trapped in a dollhouse in purgatory. Yeah, Which yeah. I was, um, I was a mixed bag on uh, Sleepy Hollow at first in the last season, but man, I am so full steam ahead this season. It's great. Nice. I, nice. I was there from day one. I was in love with that show. Yep, me too, man. <laughs> All right, guys, I gotta go. So uh, I'll, I'll, you know, have fun. Have fun. <laughs> so, uh, wrap up the rest of these comments on uh, Gotham, and then we'll get on to the Flash and Arrow. Um, Johnny M of uh, the Long Box of Doom, Legion of Dudes, and the It's All Connected podcast. Uh, wrote in, uh, they lost me this week, a killer that sends people into the sky attached to a single weather balloon? Nope. That's Batman Forever stuff right there. I'll chalk it up to a misstep and try again next week. And then Adam Fatah chimed in with, I agree with John, this episode is awful. I'll give it a one out of five. Uh, stars, I do plan to watch next week's episode. I have not given up on Gotham. And then finally, Michael Myers of the DC Noise podcast and the Geek Brunch uh, retrocast and so many other cool podcasts. Uh, the ambassador of comic books, Michael Myers. Another solid episode with a glimpse of how a vigilante could start to influence. I really like the build-up of the Penguin. It is also interesting to see the Penguin-Falcone rivalry like in Batman Eternal. I also like how Gordon truly believes in justice, even for the corrupt. He does not play favorites. I have to agree with that because I'm mm-hmm. enjoying Batman Eternal. I'm a little behind on it, but I mean, the stuff going on with Pe- Penguin and Falcone, even the, the Gordon storyline, everything there, I mean, I don't want them to pull it directly from that, but there's a lot of stuff they could really borrow from that that story and make some good episodes out of. Sweet. True. I agree. 
So, uh, Balloon Man, disappointing. Shall we move on to something that I didn't find disappointing at all? The Flash pilot? Yeah, yes. Uh, which interview, which uh, came out yesterday as we were playing this. Are those your flash noises? <laughs> those are my flash noises. <laughs> okay. Is I that the ring opening up? It was either that or he had one of those like uh, uh, extra thick Slurpees and he's trying to work it through the straw. One of the two. <laughs> Actually, uh, that was a combination of my sound effects and the stuff nose. So it wow. kind of all got mixed up in there. The uh, the Flash debuted yesterday as we're recording it on, uh, with the pilot on CW, and I know Daryl and I have spoken about this on the, on Nothing's On because we were uh, lucky enough to see the pilot ahead of time. What did you all think of the first episode of the Flash? Oh, bit greatness. Loved it. I am so on board. I just think it hit so many good notes. There's so many good scenes. Um, the the scene with him and his oh, dad. Uh, the scene with the scene with him and Arrow. You know, where he talks to Arrow before, you know, uh, you know, attempting well, to do anything. Let's even I mean, start from the beginning. I mean, I, I just love the voiceover in the beginning. Where yeah. kind of, this is my story. I'm, let me share my story. Pulls you, you in. Well, think about it. Every I, I, I'm thinking almost every issue of Flash that's published starts off with, my name is Barry Allen. I'm the yeah, Flash. It, Here's it, my story. It almost does, yeah. It Except for the ones that. that start with, I'm Wally West. I'm, right. Well, well, you know yeah. what? I will, I, I have read more Wally West than I have Barry Allen. I've read Barry... I grew up reading uh, Wally West, but I went back and read some Barry Allen over the Same years. as you. Same as you. And I see he could turn into Barry Allen eventually, but I, I see Wally West in him now. Like, I... You know, he's he's more mature Wally West than now in the way that he's written. With the, the way he has fun with his powers. Like... Just the joy he got when he's like, I could do that. It's, it's yeah, just, that's uh, I'm wondering if they're going to keep him Barry Allen because Barry Allen was the original Flash, but they're going to use a lot from the Wally West uh, canon because, I mean, he did grow up with the Wests. And, you know, so maybe Wally West isn't even going to exist in this. Well, you kind universe. of don't have much to Barry was kind of an adult throughout yeah, I, his. I did hear something that Wally West was supposed to join the story at some point. Or a Wally West is supposed to join. Uh, I think so, not, yeah. not, not become Flash Junior at any point, but we will see right. a, a Wally West. And that well, the story, see. the core story, is going to follow Flash Rebirth. A lot of it. Well, I, I can see that um, the, the way that, like, you never. I don't think there's ever been really a, a, a Barry Allen story unless it's done now. But like that has dealt with him in his his kind of young years in his twenties, he's kind of been an established adult. Yeah. About the time um, you kind of get to read a lot of stuff with him, so the, I would think well, that everything we see now is is kind of pulling from it's stuff. It's a lot. It's a lot more closer to Wally than than it would be to Barry. Yeah, I agree. It's closer to Wally, but I think that you know, like the the run of Flash that that went right up to Flashpoint, and then some of the stuff we read in Flashpoint kind of gave us a glimpse of this kind of Barry. I think. I mean, I, I see a lot of that there, but yeah, I, that's what I was saying, and I totally agree. I mean, I f it has more of a Wally West feel, and that's why I was thinking that maybe they were just going to leave Wally out of it. Um, and I'm like you, I, I I grew up on both Barry Allen and and Wally West, and and, you know, I, I, I tend to prefer Wally West a, a little more. Well, I always liked Wally West because he was the, one of the very few uh, sidekicks who actually grew up to take on the mantle of his mentor. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even on Earth 2, Robin was still Robin when he was an adult. He didn't become Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, Speedy didn't become Green Arrow. He became Red Arrow in uh, Kingdom Come or whatever. But, yeah. um, but you know, Wally West became the Flash. You know, he was the first real legacy hero, um, especially, mm-hmm. you know, with the Mark Wade run and everything. I love this pilot, and I think it does something really, really smart. It has a very accessible story. Um, for someone who is a casual fan and just kind of wants to watch the show. And then right. it has a ton of freaking Easter eggs for those of us who are of the geeky persuasion. I mean, everybody's name in this is like, whoa, wait, you know, like you know, the, the one cop being Eddie Thawne. You're like, wait a minute, Eddie Thawne? You know, I Kate, know that name, right? Caitlin yeah. Snow, you know. Um, um, I mean, like every single person they run into, you know, every, you know, every single person so, they run into is almost like a, a, an Easter egg. Even even Doctor Wells, Harrison Wells, maybe his middle name is George H. G. Wells. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Nice. I, I I do have to commend the show mostly on its pacing. Um, mm-hmm. This was something that really impressed me the most. It it did not dwell on the minutia of well, how am I doing this or what's right. really going on, and it really just kind of moved you forward. And kind of skip those questions that we can explore later. They didn't. They yeah, didn't no musical montage of him running through the trying to figure out how to to stop. Right. right. It's just I can run fast. This is awesome. <laughs> and you're kind of finding out about it along with him. You know, the audience is following along with him and finding out about it because it's all new to him it, too. Yeah, it really harkens back to the old DC comics, basically. Like when they became superheroes there wasn't it wasn't a six issue thing like it usually was all right i can jump off a roof and fly and do this and that and uh oh somebody needs my help let me get this suit together and like it kind of you you kind of just jump into it and this is how it felt like like he wants to help people i got the powers that i can you know like i have the power to help people um let me just do it like i don't (laughs) why waste time agonizing over whether whether or not I'm going to do it or not. They gave us a smart and efficient origin story like what you're saying. It was a one-issue type thing back in the Silver mm-hmm. Age, or sometimes it was even a, just a subplot in another title that launched off into yeah. a new hero. Yeah. And and I really love that they, they just, you know, like Frank said, there's no minutia, there's no, you know, any of that. But on top of that, they really stay true with other than where the origin of the lightning came from, that whole scene with the chemicals and everything else, I mean, that's like right off the page. Yeah. Just definitely. just, just wonderfully done. Um, and then like like uh, uh, Jim was saying, all the little Easter egg nods. I mean, I, I, I about danced around the living room when I saw Grodd. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, the whole Ferris Air thing, which, you know, we also get to see that in tonight's Arrow as well, which makes yeah. me wonder. Yeah, I saw that. Is there a possibility, is there a chance that DC is going to uh, atone for its sins, which was the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie, and give us a Green Lantern show on the CW? Because that you know, I, would be fantastic. I, I would bet, I would bet that you're going to see Carol Ferris before you see right. Hell Jordan. Yeah, I, agree. I think so too. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. I, yeah. I think so too. And, and even that's awesome. But I, I bet you Carol Ferris is going to is going to make some mm. appearances soon. And I love as long as Grant. Lake Lively. Yeah, Grant Gustin, um, you like this guy. Like I was just going to say, he's so likable, and this cast works so well with him. 
Right, and he looks like he's a guy that wants to help. Like, he, he comes off as not being whiny. He doesn't, like, I want to help my mother. You know, I want to help find my mother's killer. I love my dad. You know, I believe in my dad. But they also that, let showed him as being smart. That that before. scene, I know, I'm, I know, I'm jumping ahead, but that scene where he was talking to his dad in jail was uh, emotional. Pretty emotional. Yeah. It, it was like um, it just it could have been cheesy and it wasn't, and it would just felt mm-hmm. genuine. Right. Uh, definitely an Emmy submission scene, I think, because it was very <laughs> well written, very well acted, very well shot. Just the mm-hmm. entire thing. And and while we're on the subject, I mean. Big kudos to the creators, showrunners, and casting that, you know, brought in the original TV Flash to play his dad and have him in there. I, I thought that's fantastic. Yeah, it was a nice it was a nice callback. And plus, he's played for Dawson Creek fans like I, I was growing oh, up. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I watched Dawson Creek, too. He played a good father. Like, he, he's played the, the, the father of the good team. You know, like, so he's... He can do that. He can be that men. He can mentor his son. You know, like I'm pretty sure they'll have recurring episodes of him talking to his father about things, and he kind of, you know, kind of gives him the encouragement that he that he needs. So I kind of like that. Even the way that his mother, before she dies, the way that he talks to him, like he's when they show that he was trying to protect the other. He wasn't just running away because he was scared of getting beat up. He had tried to defend other kids. And then he got chased and beat up. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it, that was a nice little thing. How she supported him doing that too, you know, like being a you know being a good person, like kind of throwing those little little tidbits in there that'll show you why Barry is the good guy that he is. It's not one of those things where, like Oliver Queen, for example, he had to really go through something traumatic to want to be good. Like, Barry was already brought up to be a good person. On top of that, I mean, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Joe West was not a character in the comics, right? I don't remember a Joe West. I think that was all retconned in Flashpoint or Rebirth. I'm trying to remember. But anyway, I think, you know, growing up with, because I'm not sure who the actor is playing him, but I mean, that. Just. Just very well done. I I like that character. You know, he's very much a protector of his family and Mm -hmm. even his adopted family, as well as, you know, at the same time gives the leeway for them to be their own people. And just, I mean, the interactions between, you know, his daughter and, and Barry just is just that whole triangle of family there is very well done. Well, I was a Law and Order fan. I was a Law and Order fan, so I'm used to uh, yeah, you know, seeing him as a cop. So that's like mm-hmm. no no great stretch for me. Uh, I always loved him on Law and Order. I thought he was really good on there with uh, uh um, um with Jerry Orbach, who is you know by you know hands down my favorite cop on, on Law and Order. I thought so, so too. Yeah, I thought uh, so too. Briscoe was, like, was the man. <laughs> yeah, and and I like um, the only thing that kind of made me go, oh, don't do this, is the Barry. Now that I know that you're the Flash. Don't tell my daughter. Don't tell my <laughs> daughter. I want you to like. You will have to agonize. He basically he's telling Barry, you will have to agonize over my daughter all season long. Okay, Captain yeah. Casey. 
I mean, well, here's exactly. <laughs> I was just gonna say is, um, I after the episode, I tried and tried to find something. You know, is there anything I can really critique about it? You know, because I just I couldn't find fault anywhere, except for the only thing that I, that really kind of bothers me was I was just kind of surprised that they did that reveal. You know, that to Joe West that you know it's Barry. You know, it's one thing he's got the little scientific team that knows who he is, but I, I just seemed a little too soon. I kind of wish he could be just a, a figure in Central City that people didn't know about until much later. But but I think they did this to give to kind of have a shortcut to getting information that they need him to get. You know, when cases come up, like he's going to need an end. Like, you know, Clark has his end because he's a reporter. Or whatever. This I think this was kind of a shortcut of we we need to get information to to Wally quick about whatever villain is going to come up, uh, you know, in in each episode. So this is our way of doing it. And then he also kind of covers for he's going to be the guy that's going to cover for Barry at his job. Like there's going to be time, you know, that you're going to see plenty of episodes like he covered for him in the beginning. When he was like, uh, when he was late, and he was like, "Oh, I told you to get that for me. Did you get it? You know that whole thing. I think you're gonna. Yeah, the I think they kind of jumped. Yeah. I think they kind of wanted to say, we're not gonna waste time. We're not gonna waste time with him agonizing, and then at the half of the season, he's gonna find out that he's Flash, and then the other half of the season, he has to agonize over the daughter. We're gonna get that out the way. We're gonna have he'll have a backup. Like he'll he'll have a, a partner to kind of." help him that's a cop as opposed to the scientist being the only support group yeah, that he has. Okay. First of all, I, I, I first of all I, we I really hope at some point he says he's too old for this shit. <laughs> in, in, in the show. But uh, but uh, second of all, uh, you make a really good point, Daryl. He's like his his in or whatever. But also mm-hmm. now Joe has seen like after this event or whatever that happened at Star Labs that there are people who can do things he can't deal with. Like right. the like the weather wizard. So that's, you know, Barry's going to be like the panic button that they hit when they run into people like that, I think. You know, and that's yeah. going to be your story arc. You're going to get like Freak of the Week of different people who have gotten different abilities from that event from Star Lab. And then some, and it's all going to tie into what we saw at the very end of this first episode, that you know newspaper from the future, I think, that they'll be building up to. One complaint I do have about, about the show that I think, um, and I don't know if this is to blame the show, the network, or whatever, but my DVR did not catch that last moment. So I did not see that until this morning. Oh. Uh, I had to go to, to the CW website and uh, mm-hmm. trudge through about 10 minutes of commercials just to fast forward to the end just to see that newspaper. Um, I know someone else was affected by that in our group, wasn't weren't they? Yeah, I was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but Jim had helped me with that, and I I got to see it last night. Well, plus I mean, if anybody but what anybody who's listening also the, um, the CW has the uh, the pilot episode up for watching on their website even. So even if you don't, and it encore today, it, it actually yeah. it encore right after Arrow tonight, and it did yeah. really well in the ratings for them too. But we'll get to that in a minute. Oh yeah, I'm Love sorry, but news. Frank, I went right. Immediately last night after that happened, I went and set the uh, series recording to record two minutes longer each week, so that way it doesn't happen again. <laughs> I set, you know what? I set mine to go one minute longer 
because I was worried I might miss it. And apparently that wasn't long enough. But anyway, I saw it and it was cool. Now I have a question, and and Jim, if you want to cut this out, it's fine because it's this might spoil something for people not familiar with the Flash canon. But in the beginning, when his mother dies. I'm assuming I, I'm trying to figure out is is she being uh, is it somebody coming out of the speed force and there's blurs of yellow and red so is that hint to reverse flash and was that flash himself maybe both of them coming from the future that's kind of what I've been gathering I mean you know as much yeah. as I do from seeing the pilot you know I kind of think I kind of think that's what they're working toward because like you said you see a figure you know dressed mm-hmm. in yellow and and red like killing his mother you know i think they might maybe they'll go for that um maybe they'll go for that um thing where you know the reverse flash is only there to try to make flash a better hero by you know making his life a living hell you know what i mean maybe they'll have that take on the character i'm not sure that's kind of where i see it going and and who is the reverse flash because we have two possibilities well he's from the future in the comics right and and comes back so i'm wondering is is detective fawn is that well, the one like his ancestor. Or something. Well, you get two yeah. though, right? Yeah, the you other reverse two, Flash was Hunter Zolomon, who was a police detective. You know, who who ends up becoming the Reverse Flash, and he's the one who and, kind of talked in a stutter uh, right. when they had him in DC Comics. So I'm thinking maybe they kind of smushed the two characters together because the guy from the future is named Eobard Thawne, mm-hmm. and then this character, the cop um, uh, on the force there uh, in Central City, is named Edward Thawne. And that was such a tragic story in the book. I mean, because he started out, he was a good guy. Yeah, he was a good cop. Yeah, and that wasn't his family killed or something. And well, he got hurt first. He gets hurt on the job. Remember, he he has the he he they hurt his leg where he's walking with a limp for the rest of his life, and they murdered his family. Mm-hmm. And he was like, um, wasn't he some type of um, psych psychologist or or. Um, what do they call it that can do profiles? He was a profiler. Yeah. For the police. So he, like, all these horrible things helping the Flash, like, he really was a friend of the Flash, like, really wanting to to be a, a support for the Flash. But every freaking couple of, you know, every couple of arcs, Jeff Johns would write something horrible happening to him. And we didn't know that he would eventually become reverse flash it just right. was like damn this character really had some bad stuff happen to him like wow like what else are you gonna do to really mess this guy up and then eventually it becomes to the fact he becomes reverse flash and his whole thing is now i understand to be great you have to go through tragedy and that's what made it so bad and part right. of that going through tragedy is i'll kill your mother and you know that'll make you a better flash yeah, his whole like raison d'être was to make the Flash a better hero by putting him through every bit of hell he could. It was, I really, it was kind of a cool take on the character too, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I mean, we always say you know, the best villains are the villains who don't think that they're villains in their own story. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and and Hunter Zolomon with all the crap he went through, like Daryl said, you know, he didn't. So maybe that's where they're going with this. I don't know. Again, speculation. But then there's so many there's so many little Easter eggs like that. There. By the way, if you go to the DCTV podcast Facebook group, there are a list of 25 Easter eggs just from yeah. the pilot. So That's just the, one uh, episode. That's one episode. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, you know I, I was presuming that the uh, that the second uh, person who, who could be reverse Flash was Wells. I'm, I'm presuming uh, that, that it could be him as well. Even though not by name it is, mm-hmm. I thought maybe... Now, see, I've also seen speculation that he might be Rip Hunter. 
um, who was like the time traveler from the DC Silver Age, who was also figured prominently in Crisis and in Zero Hour. Um, I've, I'm, I mean, I've heard a lot of different theories, but yeah, I'm, someone else made the the. I, I read somewhere else online the you know, H, H. Wells, like his middle name might be G, um, since he seems to be from the future. Yeah, and I, and I heard another one that that this one doesn't hold water, but it sounds kind of interesting that uh, that that is actually Barry Allen from the future. Hmm. That one, he doesn't look like Barry Allen, but <laughs> no. but I can't. You and, can't disregard and he anything. Though. He's not much older than than Barry Allen, but right. I saw that and I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. But if he has technology, we, you know, he could be wearing something to make him look different. We never know. We yeah, don't. I mean, with the show, we don't know. Is it possible also that that whole end scene was just a foreshadowing for whenever they do have a final season of this show, and they're actually going to do Crisis on Infinite Earths? It could. <laughs> and then kill, kill off Barry. It's kind of interesting if you look at the um, the cast list for The Flash, you know, for the series, and you know, they have 10 episodes listed, but, I mean, you've got a lot of superpowers here. I mean, you've got Firestorm, you got Clock King, Heat Wave, mm-hmm. uh, Girder, uh, Simon Stagg, who ends up being instrumental in the creation of, you know, Metamorpho. I mean, they're really, like, letting that comic book freak flag fly on this, man. I mean, Captain Cold, I mean... It's good. I mean, the, now the Weather Wizard effects I thought looked pretty good for a TV show. I'm a little right. worried about the production cost of being able to, you know, portray all these superpowers and make them look credible on a TV budget. Especially Girder. Yeah, Girder. They announced him. Please give us a really nice arc with Captain Cold, please. I would love it if they, end up setting, if they end up setting up the rogues in some way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it, it would be great if, if at the end of the season. Um, the rogues gallery is created and you know, they're the big bad for season two or it's a group of them. I mean, that would just be so much fun. Why announce, like why have all of them, you know, so quickly it seemed like they were announcing them like crazy. Like why go through all the trouble to have them on and you're not going to like keep them. Like I hope they just don't kill them off one at a time. I mean, that would be kind of, you know, wasteful. I I mean, I mean, I think based on on Arrow and and stuff like that, I think they've learned not to kill anyone off or, or you know, uh, or have the body disappear. So, uh, so there's no evidence did, that they're dead. Did you well, not see Arrow tonight? I did see Arrow tonight, and uh, yes, I guess we'll get to that. That was very sad. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's one thing yeah. that there's one thing that's kind of well, since we're on the subject of of showing people with powers. It seems that for the Arrow for this season, they're going to dial back the metahumans yeah. on the show. That's what the showrunner said, too. Um, it's going to be interesting. I think they're going to throw all the metahuman stuff in the Flash and then have mm-hmm. more of your Christopher Nolan-flavored street-level stuff on the Arrow, which you know, kind of takes it back to the first, you know, what they're going with the first season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just going to say, and having it Wednesday th- or uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and if they throw the meta stuff there and then they continue to, when they can, cross over, having characters cross over, I mean, basically, we have a weekly Brave and the Bold series, and that's just <laughs> super awesome. I think that's what they said the eventual crossover is going to be titled, is the Brave and the Bold. Yeah, so you know so. they're going to cross over at some point, probably during sweeps. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. Have like a two-parter where they cross over, and that's cool. Like I said, one of my favorite scenes in this pilot was the scene where he went to go talk to Oliver, you know, and he's like, you know, you're going to make mistakes, and it reflected back on what's going on in Arrow, you know. Right. Um, so it's yeah, don't be very like smartly done. 
But is it very, I, and I think Daryl made the point when we were talking about Nothing's On, it almost sets up Arrow as like the Batman of this universe, you know, because he doesn't have any superpowers. He just has, you know, his, his weaponry and his, his, his skills. And then you have the guy, you know, the Flash as the Superman. Yeah. You know, because yeah. yeah. he has the superpowers. There's some things that make me even more so believe that when we get into the Arrow uh, premiere to make me think of Batman even more. Like they really drive that home. Okay, well let's let's is let's wrap up on the Flash. I guess we're all pretty high on it. We like we liked it. Yeah. How, what did you guys yeah, think that, of Caitlyn Snow? Something's going to happen there. I think she's going to end up being Killer Frost. Yeah, because that's, that's kind of the theory yeah, right now. Yeah. And she's she's kind of bitter. I mean, she didn't play that bit. She she's a bitter woman. She's lost a lot. So I think oh, she, Killer Frost. Yeah, she had tragedy written all over her. Like she's like, uh, my fiance died. I lost my, you know, I lost everything. Blah, you know, it was like it was just a list. Yeah. I will be a bad guy eventually. I want to see her and Simmons from Agents of Shield get into a slap fight. I would love, or 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 nerd uh, straight up uh, cat fight, okay. scientific fight. There you go, scientific fight. Slap yeah. rules at twenty paces. Yeah, I'm gonna out nerd you. Oh no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, yeah, I think we all really enjoyed it a lot. We're all on board for the series, and uh, you know, onward and upward. Um, also, One last thing uh, is um, Jeff Johns had a lot of hands in this, and all I can say is Jeff, why didn't you write the coming together of these characters when you launched the new Justice League two years ago? This way, where they're mentoring each other and there's positive interactions and they're out to do good instead of acting like a bunch of whiny, selfish brats. That's all I have to say. Okay, move on. Please, don't hold back. Tell us how you really feel. I know. Uh, We have some uh, nice comments on the DCTV podcast group. Russ L., my compatriot from... uh, uh, long box of dunes solid pilot the flash and arrow are going to make a good one-two punch on tuesday and wednesday night uh carlos carmona a frequent poster to the taylor network mm-hmm. uh, i like it i thought it was a pretty solid start and they just stuck to basics of an origin rather than drag it out i agree amen that's a definitely mm-hmm. point that we brought up uh johnny m only had one thing to say grod yes <laughs> very much agreed uh, my I guess my one word review would be crisis because I mean I grew up that was like you know one of my big comics growing up was Crisis mm-hmm. on Infinite Earths man, Amen. Oh yeah. Uh, what about Merger, Wayne Tech and uh, yeah Queen. movie between oh. Queen yeah that was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Atkinson from uh, what is it? It's called Comic Book Ra- Comic Racks now. Snarky Snark Fest. Snarky Snarkfest. Uh-huh. Okay, I know it used to be called Rookie and the Geek. So. Yeah, we switched it up. Okay. Uh, she loved it. All the performances hit home. I like what they're doing with the characters already, and having the original TV Flash as the dad is genius. And finally, <laughs> our friend from down south, Sean Rogers. I enjoyed it, but I'm curious to find out who Harrison Wells really is. As am I, Sean. Yeah. I'm very interested. And uh, is he good was, or bad? Yeah. I was already sold on the pilot, and then that last couple minutes really hooked me. I'm just like, okay, you got me now, people. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all in, like Flynn. Okay, so The Flash is out of the way, and now uh, we, we just got done watching The Arrow, season premiere for season three. You know, and by the way, I, I just I wanted just... to mention real quick that on Netflix, season two has dropped of The Arrow. Uh, I'm so not if going you want to catch up, or if you want to do a rewatch, yeah. uh, all, all of season two is now available on Netflix. I'm sorry, Frank. Go right ahead. I just gotta say it's it was great to have uh, Arrow back. I miss him. He's he's a great 
he's a great hero. I love Team Arrow, and it was just fantastic just to see them back. Yes, I do. I miss them too. So uh, let's talk a little bit of Arrow season premiere, uh, Return of Vertigo, kind of. In a weird way. That 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 would be my only disappointment ab- yeah. about this this uh, this episode was kind of rehashing that villain or that drug. Um, yeah. Well, you, I, what I didn't like is that they kind of it was like I want to write a scarecrow story, but they won't let me because they're using it somewhere else. So <laughs> I'm gonna use it anyway, and and this is what I'm going to do with it. Like that's it's kind of like they mixed. Um, they mix Raza Ghoul with with Scarecrow. Like there's always going to be a Vertigo, a Count Vertigo. You like we're only yeah. stronger. You know there always be a Cut replacement. Cut off one head to replace it. Oh no! Wait a second. That. I think the most interesting part for me you know, was the introduction of Ray Palmer uh, taking yeah. over, taking yeah, over exactly. Queen uh, Queen Consolidated. Uh, Brandon Routh as Ray Palmer. You know what? Love I have his, on absolutely this. love his performance. It was he so had much played. Fun. My only thing is with this, when watching him play Ray Palmer, this was the best Clark Kenny's ever done. <laughs> oh, I'm so oh, sad. I'm not even insulting. I'm not even being insulting. The way he played it. Yeah, I agree. The way he played it was he was kind of he did like Felicity, but he was kind of awkward with her. In the board meeting, when he makes mm-hmm. his presentation, he was way more confident than Clark Kent. Yeah, but I, I makes me think of the old, old Clark Kent that wasn't so nerd. He was a little less nerdish and a little bit more... Because I grew up watching the old, old Superman, too, also. And it was like he was a little mixture of, of Clark Kent, where he had a little life in him. Like, he wasn't so... Like the way that he did it in the movie was one thing, but I think he could have. This could have been a new version of Clark Kent. I think he could have played it this way, and I think it would have been a better movie. But that, I'm, whatever. The point is, I loved how he put, he was Ray Palmer, but he made me think, wow, he make a hell of a Superman now. Now I want to see him be Superman. You know, I barely remember anything about Superman Returns. Barely. I can't even remember as Clark Kent in that movie. It burns in my brain. It was pretty much. He was <laughs> I can trying, never forget it. He was trying to do a Christopher Reeve. Clip, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, with, with bad direction. I think this is the best performance of any of his body of work that he's done so far, and that's saying quite a bit. And um, and we brought up Felicity. You know, I think that maybe there's going to be some issues rising there between the three of them. Um, but at the same time, I want to throw out my male chauvinist card and just say this tonight's episode just proved that Felicity is the hottest character on Arrow. Amen. I'm all with you except for Black Canary because I love me some Black Canary. Yeah, I got I to gotta go with the Black Canary on this one, man. That's, I love that, me a little yeah. dark. I love yeah, me a little I, dark. Uh, that, our, that, that costume is, is Oh, sweet. my gosh. I'm Camp. So we're evenly divided. We're evenly divided. Camp Canary, (laughs) Camp Felicity. (laughs) Well, they kind of negate us. She's uh, yeah, she's dorky, adorable. That's why. That's why I like her. Gotta love them nerds. It was funny though because at the end of season two, we were like, okay, they've done the flashback thing. We're Mm -hmm. not going to see flashbacks anymore because they got off the island. You know, and now they're going to move on. Blah blah blah. And what happens? This first episode is riddled with flashbacks to Hong Kong. Yeah, and that was, but that was, but that was one of the most interesting parts of the episode, though, for mm-hmm. me. Like him with um, 
with Waller and all that stuff. I oh, I am an Amanda Waller fan. I but I love my Amanda Waller fat. Me too. So that's my only. Yep. <laughs> I, or I or animated and voiced by CCH Pounder. <laughs> she, she is good. Amen. She is good voice that way. I don't. But, but I don't dislike her. this version either, though. I don't. No, I don't dislike her yet. But I just love my fat. I just love my fat Amanda Waller. But anyway, I just think of this one as a young one. This is a young Amanda Waller. Before I, she let herself go. Before she before she gets stressed and starts eating. Like we get older, we start eating more. <laughs> That's how uh, it happens, man. They call her the wall, man. She should be built like a wall. I'm sorry. Mm. That's just what I'm saying, in my opinion, anyway. But, um, but yeah, interesting Hong Kong background stuff there. Um, it was kind of weird, though, when they were at dinner, and she was like, well, the, what don't I know about you? Where, where were you? And she was like, he was like, Hong Kong. And then they go to the flashback. I'm like, uh-huh. what? <laughs> you almost broke my neck with that segue, buddy. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> It was interesting, the Hong Kong stuff, and I that's one of the things that I've really adored about this show is the is the back and forth because it's kind of having two television shows in one. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually in the first two seasons, the flashbacks, there would be a theme or a juxtaposition of what's going on in the present to what's going on in the storyline in the past to kind of inform each other for the viewer. I don't. I couldn't make the connection of what the Hong Kong stuff had to do tie to the future where we're at now in Arrow. You know, it just kind of lost me there. Um, you know, if, if, there, if maybe, there's a theme, maybe, if, if there's a theme, it's going to be protecting protecting the ones you love. I think is is kind of where they were headed with it. It was weak. But okay, it, but it I, was yeah, there. I can see that. Oh, I thought, and but, uh, it, also oh, yeah, kind of the that way, and then. Uh, yeah, yeah and he did, and he did more dark stuff. Like I, but you, you kind of get the sense that he did some other, he did some other things like wet work for Amanda, Amanda Waller. He, I, that's what I, I kind of get the sense that he did some things for her that he's not happy. You know, like he's not, he's kind of ashamed of. But yeah. plus all that fighting he can do, I'm like he didn't, like he is not at that level yet when he got off the island. So he had to learn a whole lot of other cool stuff somewhere else yeah i thought it was a pretty good episode i didn't know how strong it was as far as like the premiere of a season but i thought it was a pretty decent episode of arrow it was the only thing that really gets on my nerves is the enough with the i can't be oliver oh yeah i can't be oliver and the arrow (laughs) yeah that's getting a little old it's you went through like you don't have it you don't have any more parents to kill off okay so now you're Arrow. Just accept this and move past it. Like it, we, he's had the transformations. I don't know who else they could kill to make him go through another transformation. Of you know, I won't give up. This is who I am. Like we got. Like they went through five episodes in a row last season of him to the point of just wanting to give up. In fact, he did give up. And then eventually they were like. It got him to the point where he's like, I, I am Arrow, I can't give up on my city, blah, blah, blah. For him to turn so fast because of a missile hitting the restaurant, I just, it just was like, <laughs> like we've been All through because this, of a missile hitting a restaurant. Come on, you, you got to get past this, okay? I, I, I oh. do need to throw this out, kind, kind of off topic a little bit, but I am so glad that... Um, we finally get to see Star City, or at least a reference to Star City. Right. I but think that was be cool. I got excited about that. 
But did, did you get the sense that this is the foreshadowing that it will eventually become Star City? Like I'm, him, I'm, maybe. I'm hoping, I'm, I'm hoping that's what happened. Yeah. Maybe him and yeah, and that's Rick what I'm thinking. Together. Maybe they'll bl- they'll work together. I, I, I'm thinking what's going to happen is Palmer's going to acquire Queen in uh, consolidated, right. and then at some point that he's going to need Oliver as kind of a face of the company, but not running the company more of a, more of like what they did to Steve jobs at Apple back in the mid eighties kind of thing. But, Mm -hmm. but, and, and and then eventually they're going to work together. Uh, My question is, is, has Ray Palmer already had his origin story or are we going to see that as far as his, his, of what he does? Um, uh, The other thing too, and I mean, this is just a trivial thing for me. Um, one of the things when Arrow started was that Thea, his nickname for her was Speedy, and yeah. then now we have Roy, who in the comics was Speedy, and he's mm-hmm. now dressing like Speedy from the comics, <laughs> and it seems Thea's out of it, so are we eventually going to hear him referenced as Speedy, or, I mean, I don't know, I mean, it's a silly thing to be going on well, about, but... It, Thea's it just, coming back. I just thought about it. Yeah. Is she he, coming back? Yes. Okay, because I thought... And her and her father, the uh, John Berryman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, think, yeah. Yeah, I think they're going to be... Well, um, mm-hmm. I, I think they're going to be playing... Uh, I don't know if they're going to be the bad guys, but I think they're going to be playing, like, uh, the third side of whatever story comes up. Morally I'm gray. Sure Team Arrow be a bad guy, and then there will be, um, you know... Team Speedy, I don't know what are we calling well, them. Thea is gonna play. They said that Thea was gonna play with her dark side, and her father was kind of be gonna be the the doorway to that. And he'll prop. He'll, I guess he'll kind of be the gray area. Like he might help. He might help out Oliver and company because of his daughter. Yeah. You know, as you opposed think whoever to whoever was wielding the bow at the end of the episode that we see the tragedy happen. Do you think that that because I was thinking Merlin at first, but now that you've said what you've said, do you think maybe that's Thea? No, I'm thinking it's just League of Assassins. I, I think yeah. they have to deal with that now. Yeah, I think so. she well, Richard, I, I, Richard, I kind of like what you're thinking. I mean, let's let's throw a wrench in it and make it Thea. And then. That's really dark. I mean, it could I still can, happen I, that she does something unforgivable, though. Like, like I could still see that happen um, yeah. eventually. I don't. But the way that when they show the because I looked at the trailer for the next episode, it looks like it's a male. Um, and so the, it, OK, it, I, I it could have been Merlin, too, uh, but I don't even think it's Merlin. I, I think this is going to loom into the uh, Razagul coming in. Yeah, that that's, could be. Could that's, be. What we've, that's what we've heard. Like the overarching storyline is going to be is like the introduction of Rachel Cool and League of mm-hmm. Assassins is more of a main part of the story. Because last season it was a lot of it was he's a coming. You don't want him to yeah, come. Yeah, I I didn't see the scenes for next week yet because I was running late to record the DC TV podcast. So as soon as I finished Arrow, I jumped over here on the computer. But. Um, yeah, interesting. I didn't even think of Razago. I forgot that. I just completely forgot about him. <laughs> yeah, that's not over. I, I guess, in, especially since they're doing away with the metahuman stuff, they're pulling back on that. I could see him being the overall, you know, threat. Like you can pull out a bunch of assassins with no powers to deal with Oliver and company. Right. Absolutely. And they, yeah, they can have a ball with that. 
So, yay or nay on the new Arrow episode? I think, I think overall, yay. Nay on the ending, but yay on the episode. Why on the ending? Because I lost my baby. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that, man. That's a, that's you're, a surprise. You're, you're going to hate I, I don't. I don't think there's any way around it. She's definitely dead. I don't know they can. I don't know if they can justify. Well, they never meant for oh, her to oh, be. Oh, oh, oh! If it, uh-huh. it is Raza Ghoul, you think they'll bring a Lazarus Pit in and he'll bring her back and bring oh. her to his side? Nah, they've been wanting to get rid of her. She was never so really supposed to be. It wasn't in the overall plan for her to be Black Canary at first, and then eventually it worked out that way. But with the name, it. So this is their way of getting rid of her and then having um, Dinah Lance trained to be the next Black Canary. Did uh, Did you guys see who, well, was, uh, who was in the boxing ring, by the way? It's uh, Ted Knight. I mean, Ted, not Ted the Knight, Wildcat, uh, Wildcat, Wildcat, Wildcat Grant. Yeah, yeah. he's going to train. He's going to be one of her. You know, mm-hmm. one of the people to train her. Yeah, I saw the Wildcat. I forgot incident, that yeah. he was that he was new to the to the. Uh, um, uh, that they were going to introduce that character. That's very mm-hmm. cool. I actually, in in the uh, ring, there was another reference to Ferris Air, or Ferris, um... Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You had hard. me excited there for a minute when you said Ted Knight, because I was thinking, oh, wow, are we going to get a voiceover now on the uh, show? But, <laughs> of meanwhile, Ted at the Hall of Justice... <laughs> I, it's going to be hard for me to see um, Laura be, Laurel be um, Black Canary. Like, she's... She's been a weak link in this show since season one. Yeah, when Actually, she had her, I think she had her dark period where she was drinking and lost her job, mm-hmm. she was she wasn't my favorite character. Um, I, but it it just for me, I just don't know how she can turn around and just be a great fighter. Uh, I know she's gonna have to train well, and they, stuff. Remember, but. they threw in that she did train with martial arts and stuff, but they, they threw it. I think they threw it in to kind of save themselves. <laughs> Remember when uh, the guy ran into the, the first season, he, he tried to, to attack her in her apartment and she kind of did some moves real quick. And then when Oliver was like, well, what did you, who taught you to do that? And she was like, I'm a daughter of a cop. I learned, you know, I learned how to take care of myself. I'm a daughter of a cop. And then they kind of got away from that after that and never dealt into it again. She's not exactly a character that I've been, you know, totally, you know, infatuated with as part of this crew and cast because, I don't know, a lot of the whiny stuff like you're talking about and just the swaying back. Any detractor, for the most part, I'm I've, I've watching and reading things about this show. The people that I, the one complaint that's been universal, even for people that just don't like the show at all or people that like, love the show but they have little things that bother them is this one character. <laughs> yeah. Well, with that, that's true. With, the, with that said, with that said though, and Daryl, you're probably going to reach through the interwebs and slap me for this, but I feel that Sarah was uh, worse. I, I, the actress, I don't think was a very good actor. Um, I don't like hers. Canary. I did that. To me, she was a detractor every time, every episode she was in. I just did not like the character. Glad most. Of yeah, Sarah for me was uh, her acting wasn't that good, and she had some a little bit of an accent, like a New York accent or a tough girl accent. I couldn't never quite put my finger on it. 
I like but, tough um, black <laughs> But uh, I mean, she could fight, and and uh, her the action scenes were her were always good. I, I, the females are just a little weak on the show, I think. Uh, not counting Felicity, of course. But I was say except Felicity. Yeah, I, I give you that. The, the the female characters have been... The casting for the female characters on the show have been kind of weak. I, I, I agree with you on that. But they are some pretty ladies. Right. They are some pretty ladies. I still just cut some of the CW crap out of the show. You know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> and we've, I, I, I know I've talked to Daryl about this before, maybe Chubb too, but like, I love the action parts. I love the arrow parts. I can't stand the, you know... Uh, CW, you know, relationship parts. You know what I mean? Well, that was the Felicity yep. uh, Oliver. Like, God, dog it all, man. Yeah. Just either crap or get off the pot. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> why, like, why do I feel so nervous around you? You kind of, like, you getting on my nerves now with yeah. uh, with Felicity. I'm like, yo, I would call her and be like, yo, girlfriend, you you know what? Leave him alone. He's a hit or Because he don't know what he want to do. Like, you, you need to move on. And I could see, I could see them doing this tired thing of when finally she's going to get over this guy and then she might even start dating Ray Ray Palmer and then he's going to look off to the sun you know he's going to look off when she goes on her dates and and be upset about it and Diggle's yeah. going to be like More you know oh, you had your chance and you didn't do anything about it like enough or either have him date her or not yep. just move on well, like, I, I think that I think that part of the story you just described, which I think you're accurate on it, that's for the female viewers. They're yeah. doing that for the uh, for the for the uh, for the women watching this because they they need their soap opera, they need their relationship drama, and just as long as the whole show isn't based on that, I'm fine. Well, they with never this. do. Well, the one thing with Arrow, they never totally do just that. So that's kept people watching the show. Like they never, yeah. they, they do a little bit of everything, but they never do just that. Or else they would have lost all of us already. Right. The yeah, solution yeah. is simply to introduce another another vigilante character named the uh, a fat kid named the Chub Toad, and he'll sweep Felicity <laughs> off her feet. It's time for her to come to Team Fat Kid. I'm this way because I like to eat. Listen, we are not allowed on that show, okay? We, if we stepped on that show, we would be shot on sight. Yeah, we're, we're, not, we're, we're not good lucky enough to be on that not, show at all. At we all. are too big and not good. We don't have the look for that show. We can't wear skinny jeans and walk no, around no, uh, with a sad look on our faces. No. They would kill us. We would, they, as soon as they we got on the show, they... we'd have arrows in our, in our chests. They can get the IMAX cameras out and do wide shots to get me in that show. I'm telling you. <laughs> no, but our, but our, super part, power, our superpowers would be our padding, you know? I mean, they would shoot us with an arrow, but, I mean, come on. They ain't going to do anything. My, no, superpower is my, my superpower is my velvety smooth voice. Exactly. <laughs> Hell, I'll wear blackface and, and a wig and say I'm a fat Amanda Waller, Waller to appease everybody. And then have you know some sort of a lesbian affair with Felicity. So <laughs> I think you'd have CW closed down if you start doing that. And that's a whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, oh, all right. Hey, the rails. hey, you know, I was gonna say I see some rails over here. Let's get <laughs> on those. Why, why don't we? Okay. But to get back on target. <laughs> um, Diggle. I see some rails like, over there. Let's go over there. Does it rails. feel like Diggle is gonna be off the show? I hope not. He's like my favorite character, man. But didn't it feel like I love him. This? 
it was, didn't it feel like at the end of this they were like, okay, Diggle, you were cool and all, but you gotta go. Yeah, that's. I feel I this is setting up too, for a tragedy. I don't, I don't want him to go at all. I I love don't that either. character. I don't want his baby to get killed either. I don't want him to turn into. No, the but egg. I have a feeling his baby mama might get killed. I don't even want that, that to happen. Like I don't like. I, I don't want it to happen, but I I have a feeling that there's gonna have to be some sort of tragedy that's gonna get him back out in the field because he is definitely not. The Alfred stay in the Batcave type of character, and yeah. either uh, either this is his exit from the show, or a tragedy is on on the rise. Or he's doing something else. I mean, because he, he bulked up. Did Did you see how he looked in that shirt? Yeah. He looked it looked like he bulked up even more than he did last season. So I'm wondering if he is off the show for a little bit. That could mean that he got a role somewhere, like he got a little bit of a movie thing, you know, like maybe he got a, a movie or an indie movie or whatever, and he's and they let him do that and come back, or or something. Because like, why go through the trouble of having the family and then going through the whole thing of you need to be there with them? Like, I, I would hate for it to turn into we already had the Diggle being angry that his brother was killed. Like he has a tragedy that he wants to. To deal with, and that's the loss of his brother. He still hadn't solved that. Yeah. Sure. Well, so, I, I think I think this show kind of thrives on you know just as someone gets happy, mm. you take something away from them. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm for maybe maybe his wife uh, not making it. Sadly, oh, I, I, I like I, her too. Yeah, I, I do I too. Yeah. Like if she's trained. Like I, I hope they don't do that because it's. I always love to see the couples where they both are trained fighters. Like it's not something where he has to rescue her. Like they could both, they both are skilled in, in what they do. And, and I love to see that. Like if, if anything, have it that she has to kind of, because of Raza Ghul, she has to disappear. Like she has to go into hiding with the baby. I would you rather know, they um, do that. Yeah, you know, maybe one way around that is that they, uh, Razai Ghul, I'm just thinking out loud, um, he kidnaps the wife and baby and he goes, you do what I do, you know, if you try to hurt me, I will kill your family. So well, they, they the still say a lie, but he's forced to. Well, they can do the two routes. They can either do that or do or do the um, Amanda Waller hides them because right now, until we deal with Razai Ghul, you can't be with your family. They could send yeah, her. That's, they that's, could send them to the. Oh, I'm gonna say they could send them to the same place they put Natalie Portman for Avengers. Yeah. Well, they according could, to I, like, I am, IMDb saying that he just wrapped a, a David O. Russell film called Nailed, so maybe he was off filming. Yeah, I was right because he got big. Yeah, he is big. Is, I mean, not to say I'm staring at him a lot, but I kind of was. <laughs> No, but I'm just saying, like, there's nothing wrong with that. I want to. I'm just saying, accept you no matter what. That's fine. No, it wasn't that. I'm just saying, not that it would be anything wrong if I was staring because of that. But I'm just saying, when he shook his hand in the hospital, he was big. Like, when when when, uh, Arrow stared him down and told him it was his decision to make, he, I mean, he was like kind of looming over Stephen Immel, and Stephen Immel's not a little guy either. Yeah, and remember how, see, well, if you look at season one, he was he was kind of big. Like when you when they were standing next to each other, he was bigger than him at one time. 
I'm talking about it just in mass. But now it's like, what the hell did you do? What have you been eating, bro? Well, <laughs> he's playing a congressman in this film, so I don't know that he necessarily needed to bulk up to be a congressman. Although the, he was a it, super congressman. Yeah, it's, there you go. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it, star, it stars Jake Gyllenhaal and Jessica Biel, and the, the tag description here, a small-town waitress gets a nail accidentally lodged in her head, causing unpredictable behavior that leads her to Washington, D.C., where sparks fly when she meets a clueless young senator who takes up her cause. I, I don't know that he necessarily needs to bulk up for that. And he's Superman. Or he's a, he's Superman Obama. Out <laughs> <laughs> of multiversity. Crime. He will fight crime. I don't I don't know what it is. Either that or when you got a dude that does the training that Steven uh, does. Like I've seen some of the videos they posted on uh, Facebook oh, yeah. from the from his page. And like he his training is ridiculous. Like, it just makes me feel fatter every time I watch it. So if you got to work with this dude, I can see him going, you know what? You ain't going to make me look fat. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. I don't watch this show, so I didn't know. But he's also a regular character on Blue Bloods. He's the mayor on that show. Oh, I didn't realize. Oh, that. yeah, that's right. He is. I forgot about that. I've I never watched the mayor that. On that, that show. Show. That's the yeah. Tom Selleck show, right? Yeah. Yeah, Tom Selleck show. Yeah. But it, it, well, I, we'll see what happens. But maybe that is the maybe that's the setup then to have him be off the he'll be off a couple of episodes because he was doing a doing a movie and then they'll well, come back. It looks looks like he comes back. Well, it looks like he is off for a while because it shows him a, a gap and then he comes back in episode seventeen next year. So maybe there is a gap. Okay. All right. That's fine. Listen, as long as they bring him back and they didn't fire him, I'm fine. They, they let him do a movie. That's cool. But he, he you know, I'm, I'm he'll, fine. He'll take like half the season off. Then he'll come back and his his uh, baby boy will be like 14 <laughs> and a computer hacker. Right. And like, you know, also skilled in weapons and stuff. You know, all it over. shows that he's going to be in uh, episode three nine. Looks like one of the, uh, the next major one he's in, and then the, then they're doing Brave and the Bold, and then he comes back in episode eleven, is what it shows. And then there's another gap between fifteen and twenty, mm-hmm. except for a brief thing in seventeen. So yeah, looks like he is back and forth. All right. Well, you know, he's, he's on Flash. They, maybe he's going over to Flash. Well, he is going to be. I mean, it, it, he is going to be in the Flash, though. They already have him listed on the the Flash IMDb. That was when I was looking at it before. So all of them are going to be. Well, that, yeah. going to be in it. They'll definitely be. There's yeah. definitely they're definitely in that crossover episode. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of the Flash, it was the highest rated CW premiere in five years. Awesome. It premiered well, since, so. It, it um the the only one uh the only, since the launch of the Vampire Diaries in two thousand nine. Oh, um, a great show too. It it outpaced uh any uh, excuse me it outpaced even the Fox show in that same time period. Um, awesome. It got four point five million overall viewers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it beat Arrow's premiere. Uh, by almost two by over two times uh <laughs> the amount of viewers. And uh, it even, it even um, although NBC finished first, and then the Firemans of Chicago Fire finished second, oh, the, yeah. Flash, the Flash came in third. 
after after those two beating out Fox. Um, so you know what yeah, that makes yeah. me think is is all the ones that or kind of they might be trying to make these shows they're gonna make them like the you know we've heard the rumors of them optioning to make these you know like Supergirl and 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 whatnot I I think uh, this would be the yeah. more of the incentive to do it. Mm-hmm. The sure. um. You know, the, the I remember you said it beat out the premiere of Arrow when it first came on. But, you know, I wasn't um, I wasn't terribly excited about Arrow until I saw it. In fact, I'm pretty sure I did hear it and, and watched it. Well, a lot it. of people were. They, they, they had to win. They had Same to win their audience. Now, this, uh, now, keep in mind, these flash numbers do not include the plus three or online viewing yet. Because mm-hmm. you know they're, they're going to have a lot of. Right. No, they're yeah. definitely going to get a bump from that because, like I said, CW yeah. has the pilot on their site for free. Uh, it's going right up on. It's already up on Hulu, and the ratings are huge. And I think it's getting a lot of buzz because it's a really good pilot, like we said. So, and it says something for a show that it has meta humans in it to the point where they don't hold back in mentioning meta humans. They have him. You, he's in costume, pretty quick. Right. Um, you know, like they don't. Well, they don't I don't think back. it has to find its legs as quick as Arrow did either. I think Arrow found the legs for Flash to launch from. So that kind of helped it there. And also, I have a lot of friends that they've, they've never were Green Arrow fans. They're not big comic book fans, but they like the Flash. And, you know, it, it, they've critiqued Gotham. They really didn't like Arrow and all that other stuff. And then I'm looking at Facebook today and they're just. Gaga over Flash. So well, Arrow. It's funny because I went to. I remember going to see New York Comic Con and seeing their. Um, this is before they even aired anything with Arrow. Their um, first panel that they did. Uh, me and Donnie went to that. Um, and the stuff where a lot of people were like, "Who the heck want to see Green Arrow? Who the heck is Green Arrow?" Like that wasn't a. It wasn't like Batman. It wasn't a character that you knew. You know that everybody knew, like we do, comic readers do. Um, well, it, it was like when Marvel introduced Iron Man. I yeah. scoffed at that idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they really had to earn it. And for the first episode, I remember father shoots himself in the head in front of his son. Uh, Ollie cracks a guy's neck just to hide his identity of being able to fight. Like it, it, it started out the gate pretty dark, and they took itself serious, you know, pretty early. And then it, it kind of earned its audience, you know, episode by episode. And then, you know, then it went on Netflix and, you know, and things like that. So, you know, people were not jumping to watch it, but it kind of did what Batman Begins did, where it didn't, it wasn't the highest, it didn't get the highest box office. But after it came out, every season, it, it got better. Plus, every ratings got better. It's always in the most popular queue on Netflix. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of people came to the show late and caught up on Netflix and Hulu with it. Um, more, a lot more so, I think, than watch it in broadcast. But I think after the Hulu and, and our um, online numbers come out for Flash, I think we're going to see an even bigger jump. And the Flash, like you said, you make a good point, Frank. It's like uh, Iron Man was before the movie came out, kind of a middle tier character that most people realize, you know, or recognize the name at least. Um, and, you know, and the kind of concept is easy to get across. He runs really fast. Boom. There you go. You know? So I think, I think, you know, that name recognition is, is really going to help it too. Plus, like I said, it's a really solid pilot. So I think word of mouth is going to be good on it. Um, Gotham for, for, um, for this week, uh, from its premiere of 8 million viewers 
has gone down somewhat to 6.36 million viewers. Now, okay. that's not too bad at all for uh, for uh, the third episode after a pilot. It had a 2.5 share, which put it actually above Dancing with the Stars in that same time period. Oh, that's um, actually that's actually pretty impressive because that's yeah. a very popular show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, is. it is. It is absolutely. Um, it was especially behind... this season. Well, you got you got um, you got. You got Carlton on there doing the Carlton. What more do you want? Oh, you can't beat that. Well, you, can't. you got you got the you got the Duck Commander's daughter on there too, and that's like you know. I have no idea who that is. I have no idea who that is. Duck Commander from Duck Dynasty. Duck I don't Dynasty. watch Duck Dynasty. You, I don't watch Duck Dynasty. I don't watch. Duck I didn't Duck either, and then I I got stuck in a hotel during a marathon, and the damn thing. Listen, everybody has their own journey. Right, sure. Mm. Whatever rationalization you need, man. (laughs) But anyway, so Gotham Gotham is holding on to its viewership so far, um, especially in the 18 to 49 share, which is, you know, where the real, uh, you know, uh, demographic is. So it's not, it's not, it hasn't lost too many from the pilot. No, I'd be surprised to see how well Balloon Man does, and then after Balloon Man, if they (laughs) they have more of a drop off from Balloon Man. Yeah, yeah. This will be a this this last episode was a defining episode, I think, for a lot of people. uh, Whether they're going to come back or not. Well, well, and I think the the temperature on the internet has been pretty um, even as far as the up and down opinions of the show and the critique of the show and if they only have six in the can right now they're probably starting to film and filming the others maybe they're going to learn from this feedback of these first six episodes and do some course correction kind of like marvel did with uh, agents of shield as far as sky went it was obvious that that character was not appeasing the the viewership and you know they they well it took a season correct. to do that yeah it took a well yeah, they had already did it yeah. Yeah. I, I felt i felt that it didn't take the whole season for me anyway but it i'd say it took about you know till the 10th or 11th episode before i really started to well, find I, her character. i was just talking about the sky character like the things that even watching the episode today um the things that people a lot of people collectively were kind of eh on is what they kind of dealt with. They didn't get a chance to really deal with it until this season. And they, and they really did, you know, training her, making her pulling back on the one liners and all that kind of stuff. They kind of did that now, but it, but they had already, it, they had a different filming thing than, than Gotham does. I mean, Gotham has a little, oh, yeah. having little, little breaks, in between, but Marvel, they just had to, re- they, they pretty much had, it's pretty much written out, and they had to stick the course because of that movie. Like, they had to get it to well, that point yeah. for Captain America. There wasn't much they can do to change. They couldn't really change anything. Well, know, in, also, in the they season. had the first, they had the first, I think it was 10 or 12 episodes filmed and in the can right. before right. the pilot had aired. So right. there's right. a little difference there. I also mm-hmm. think, I mean, a lot of shows take a season almost, you know, to kind of find their way. The question is, I mean, with all the money behind it, we're obviously going to probably see a full season, maybe a second season of Gotham. But, you know, how much beyond that? And is the big gamble that you know, they're all putting their money behind, is it going to pay off or are we going to get more episodes like The Balloon Man? 
that's the question. Yeah, I think that's the big, you know, big money question. Yeah. Every every episode of DC TV podcast, I like to shout out one of my favorite DC animated uh, features and or shows. And this time out, it's going to be Justice League Crisis on Two Earths. Oh yes, which uh, yes. awesome. Which I mean, let me just run this cast down for you real quick before I talk about it. You had Billy Baldwin as Batman, which oddly mm-hmm. which works a lot better than I thought it would. I am a died in the wool. I'm a died in the wool Kevin Conroy fan. I met the man. I had him autograph, you know, uh, some stuff for me. I mean, he's a really great guy. But Billy Baldwin does a really good job with Batman in this, especially playing off of James Woods as Owl Man. Creepy. Uh, his, yeah, yeah. His kind of like uh, is basically the storyline is the you know the crime syndicate versus the JLA. Uh, you know, the evil doppelgangers of the JLA in an evil universe. Uh, Chris Noth from uh, Law & Order plays Lex Luthor, who comes to enlist the Justice League's help to fight the crime syndicate. Mark mm-hmm. Harmon as Superman. Gina Torres as the evil Wonder Woman, Superwoman. Hot. Super hot. Uh, Brian Bloom as Ultraman, the evil very Superman. Good. He's very good in that. You know, Nolan North as Green Lantern and as Power Ring, the evil version. And Nolan North from a million different video games. But this the story is really cool. It's a really stripped down version of like uh, Earth Two by Grant Morrison, kind of. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's really well animated, and like I said, the voice acting is great. So, James Woods as Owlman is just like so nihilistic and uh, and just cold and detached. It kind of reminded me of the vo- the voice work um, uh, of Brainiac on this on the Superman the animated series. Just kind of that cold analytical. Yeah take i still hear that voice like that's my voice when i read the forever evil when i was reading that how they did Owlman. man i still hear that voice of, of james wood he, he does creepy voice very well mm-hmm. i am um, yeah that that cartoon also has um, an evil version of the marble family in it yes I, even oh, with yeah. the, and uncle dudley too yeah, <laughs> yeah. Evil uncle and dudley. i love man i love the marble family so that made me very happy yeah, if you freeze frame in certain parts of the DVD, they're like I think they're evil parts of like the Detroit Justice League. Yeah, yeah. like some yeah, of the other characters that yeah, vibe is in there. I think that's a, it's full of Easter eggs for yeah, stuff like it's that. great. Yeah. It was the it was one of the first ones that Lauren Montgomery directed um, after you know taking over for Bruce Tim. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was written by Dwayne McDuffie. Uh, stripping yeah. down. In fact, that original. was his last one, I think. Wasn't I think it? I think it was too. Yeah. No, no, wait. Wasn't uh, I thought All Star was his last one. Or maybe I don't. Yeah, this it was, you know, was All Star. Yeah, All Star came out after this. You're right. Okay, you're right. But uh, it's it's a really cool uh, version of of you know JLA versus Crime Syndicate, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I definitely recommend it. It's available on video on demand. It's also available on DVD. It even harken back. It was so weird about it too. It yeah, because it came to Martian Manhunter's story when he disappears for a while in the Justice League Unlimited. You could almost connect that to this. Mm-hmm. Because you remember how he kind of yeah yeah here for a while right he became like an Asian dude uh, he yeah because he came back at the very end of Justice League when they had that big fight against um, Apocalypse right mm-hmm. he's like he's he starts they they show this like middle aged Asian dude like punching the hell out of something and yep. Wonder Woman looks down and it's like what the hell and then it turns into John yeah because he left yeah. I, I could see I could see uh, because he did this and he did and he worked on Justice League Unlimited. I could see him kind of giving himself the little connection, you know, like having fun with it, because they gave Marsh, they gave him such a, a, a strong personality. Like mm-hmm. he he was my Spock, right. the way that Martian Manhunter in the cartoon was done. So I ah, yeah. just love it, man, love it. It was really a really cool thing. And just as a, a side note, since we're talking about Dwayne McDuffie, 
Uh, I heard this week that um, that I know this isn't television related, but the Static Shock is being optioned for a film. Just saw that today. That is great, wow. great news. What a great character! It's about really, time. yes, it's about I didn't see that. Time. Yeah, no doubt they'll make a great movie. I can't wait to see that movie. Oh, well, I will be there opening week. I'll go see it a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it for the DC TV podcast this week, guys. Um, next week we'll be talking about the fourth episode of, of Gotham, mm-hmm. the second episode of The Flash, and the second episode of Arrow. We still have another week after that till Constantine premieres. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks, you guys, for joining me. Daryl Taylor. Can, you can find his work at the Daryl Taylor Network of Podcasts. Uh, there are so many, Daryl. You want to just name a few off the top of your head that you're on? Uh, no apologies. Uh, comic book road show. Nothing's on. Which I do with Jim. Um, yeah, I said it. It's a whole bunch. You just go to the Taylor Network of podcasts, and you can see a whole family of podcasts. And you just like this, similar to to these, but we say naughty things a lot. <laughs> most of them, so you can't play them around kids. Frank Rincon from the uh, Half Hour Wasted uh, podcast on the HHWLOD.com uh, network. Um, the Godfather, the Anchorman, the, the Luke Wilson in our little game of old school that we're playing here. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us tonight, Frank. And I'm, I'm glad I could t- get you away from your burgeoning uh, secondhand bread business that you yeah, have going on a, there. It's a lot of work, but I love bread. Yep, and your Ebola, your uh, line of Ebola uh, fashion wear is really nice too. So, it's not taking off as much as I, as I thought it would. But That's anyway, and Chubster, thank you for joining us. Richard Sheldon, also known as the Chub Toad, can be found here on the uh, Long Box of Doom and the uh, HHWLOD Network. Uh, thanks for joining me tonight as well, and and we'll see y'all next week. Help! I'm floating away. Oh no, a balloon! You got to tied to a balloon. Would you like to ride in my beautiful balloon? Would you like to ride?